Ladies and gentlemen, hey yo, let's talk about a first look for week 14. And I'm not going to waste any of you beautiful people's time today. Let's get right into it. Let's look at the first time, first reactions to the week 14 salaries. I have already basically gone back and looked at all of the week's usage for week 13, the players that were on bye for week 12, injuries, all that. Let's get right into it. Let's get prepped for week 14 and see what the slate is looking like early on. Hopefully you had a beautiful, beautiful weekend. And we hope that you can start this week off right so we are transitioned now into the quarterbacks and if you're looking at it for this week 14 slate it is a yet again another 11 game slate it is the final weeks of buys and i don't even know how teams are still having buys this late i mean having to go 13 weeks for the eagles and some of these other teams uh it's just brutal right so what do you get you get two games opening up with a over 50 total and one i mean maybe the game of the year candidate in buffalo and tampa bay a 53 implied total and then as you can see mahomes price up top they're going to be getting kansas city and las vegas a game we saw a couple weeks back when las vegas said you know what we're not going to go too high safeties even though every team has been doing that and succeeding and mahomes and the team dropped 40 plus points on their head that's a 52 and a half total another notable game is going to be dallas and the washington football team opening at 49 and a half so the quarterback position there's some injuries that we're monitoring for this slate specifically Taysom hill's finger it's supposed to be similar to russell wilson's if it's exactly similar he's not going to play so we'll get news on that if he's out, Trevor Simeon's in, and Joe Burrow with dislocated fingers. So the fingers are running wild, if you will. So those are the main injuries to be watching in the quarterback position. So Mahomes is up top at $8,000. Tough to want to get there, I mean, in, in like your cash type builds. But in GPPs, it has to be in play. Like the only team that he's had success against. And by the way, no touchdown passes the last two weeks for Patrick Mahomes. Looked bad on Sunday Night Football against a Denver secondary that has not been playing well this year and has lost key pieces to that secondary over the years. And Mr. Patty Mahomes, who I love the man himself, and they're just not taking the easy passes. They're not able to have these consistent drives and they're continuing to try and force things. And when Byron Pringle is your wide receiver too, it starts to become an issue out there, right? So even with getting Clyde Edwards-Lair back, even with now having a couple of successful weeks on offense, it really one week it's not great but they get that vegas matchup the single high safeties where they can finally attack and have some success josh allen is here at 7800 if we find the money and the more that you go the harder the value comes until later in the week when injuries come out like last week all the value in the world a lovely week last week our best week in like six weeks the entire discord was popping off all the patreon community was having a lovely time if you're not already a member down below consider subscribing for all the tools that we got over there take your game to the next level i mean what are you waiting for at this point so josh allen at 7800 matchup against tampa best game total on the slate one of the best team totals on the slate yeah i'm going to be very interested in that especially as i expect this one to be a shootout the way that it's going to be setting up at least from buffalo's side against the tampa defense if we can afford it we like it i will prefer just from looking at this on first look i'll take josh allen over brady brady's gonna throw in the one yard line a lot and this buffalo team throws the ball all the time i'm recording this on monday to release tuesday morning so we'll see what happens with Josh Allen on Monday Night Football, assuming that he does not get hurt in that game and something dramatic does not happen, I will lean to Josh Allen for a couple hundred dollars more. Lamar Jackson has been struggling, but even in his struggles, you're seeing the price point come down now. Maybe people stay away from him. You saw him a couple weeks back in Cleveland and Sunday Night Football. Both quarterbacks, both offenses looked terrible. Cleveland gets a bye and now has to go back-to-back -back games against Baltimore. Lamar Jackson on the opposite side of that. I'll be watching to monitor this. Maybe like really small field contests as a one-off quarterback and just not go with any stacks is something I'll look at. 
gap. This is an interesting price range here that we're seeing. You're seeing Herbert at 7,100. The double stacks reign supreme for Justin Herbert. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen getting you there. Last week, Keenan Allen continues to dominate. Love the team and targets again. Uh, the two touchdowns, not a lot of yardage, but the two touchdowns got him there in GPPs. Herbert looks appealing. I, I probably, if I could afford it still, though, I'm going to go up to Josh Allen. Dak Prescott looks appealing. You assume Amari will now be fully healthy. The three wide receivers are rocking and rolling, looking all making dirty plays in, in a good way on Thursday night football in week 13. Matchup against Washington football team secondary, which has been getting better as of late. I mean, you have right now Fuller playing well, William Jackson playing well on the outside. Their pass rush is getting there, meaning that those players don't have to play as well because there's not as much time for the quarterback. But Dallas's offensive line should be able to stabilize that. So Dak's going to look appealing there. Uh, Russell Wilson, they're just running the ball a ton with now four-headed backfield that they're going to have, which is just a terrible four-headed backfield. Russ, even when he's dropping back and his, his wide receivers are running 40 routes in these games, he's struggling because of how slow they play. But now he gets a matchup against Houston. So this price range of Herbert, Dak, and Russell Wilson looks appealing because because you know what you're going to get here. You know you're going to have ownership to Brady and Josh Allen, no doubt about it, probably the two highest on quarterbacks. You know you'll have ownership towards Mahomes. My guess on the opposite side of that Mahomes game, you're going to have some ownership on Derek Carr because people will just go there, and he is priced at, let's see, 5900 You will definitely have ownership there, especially when Teddy Bridgewater and Taylor Heineke and Jimmy G are priced around him. Joe Burrow with question marks around his finger, expected to play with a dislocated finger, but obviously can be an issue. So I think that this price range becomes interesting. I don't think people will go to Russell Wilson in your Millie Maker large field type tournaments. I'm fine to go there. I mean, you still have DK and Tyler Lockett being the main receivers, both running 40 routes last week, both seeing eight targets. Um, yeah, I mean, their price points aren't coming down. Neither is Russ's, even though they're playing poorly, which is a concern. But I'm okay to go to Russell Wilson in those larger field tournaments. Not something that I'm going to, though, in this type of a build for smaller field stuff. He's basically like one touchdown away, just missing some of these 300-yard bonuses in previous weeks um, on some of these deep balls that aren't completed. So I'm going to put in right here Josh Allen and see if we can afford him. Because even in Josh Allen's bad weeks, which this is, I'm not expecting a bad week here in this matchup, even in his bad weeks he gets you 20 to 22 points which is obviously great because of what he can do on the ground mobility wise so let's see you keep scrolling though at quarterback it's kind of a dead range jimmy g uh teddy bridgewater if Taysom hill plays although that finger is messed up yeah like Taysom hill 100 yard rushing bonus you saw it uh looked terrible in the air but the finger was uh, probably a big reason why and he gets a matchup against the jets so Taysom hill will look like the quarterback play of the week in my opinion with this matchup with his mobile upside if he is okay to go but it doesn't seem like he'll be 100 back some people might go to Cam Newton. He looked terrible before the buy. Maybe something changes. I probably don't go there. And then nothing down here looks good in the low 5K range. I mean, Simeon might draw the start again. No interest at 5,200. We don't know what's going on with Houston between Tyrod Taylor and, and Davis Mills. They're trying to determine that as of, our, as of my recording. But nothing down here looks appealing. Mike Glennon had a concussion, so they might be on a third-string quarterback now um, for the Giants, which I don't know if that's going to be Jake Fromm. I'm not too sure who they're going to go with there. I think he's on the roster. So, yeah, I mean, like cheap quarterbacks, if Taysom Hill is not going to be going this week, I don't see much to get to below $6,000 outside of $5,900 Derek Carr. But we'll start with Josh Allen at $5,900. We'll transition to the running back position to see if we can find something there. As we get into the running back position, I just want to let you know about ratethispodcast.com slash Sal. It takes two seconds of your time to click that link and you get entered into a chance to win a $100 raffle. If you leave a five-star review, a rating and review, the reviews help the podcast rankings the most. And you, you yourself, the more important thing, you, the beautiful person out there, get a chance to win $100. We contacted somebody. You leave a way for me to contact you through Twitter, PayPal, whatever it is. Somebody won last week. They contacted me through their PayPal by leaving a review. It was easy to reach out. $100 little surprise on a Sunday night. Not bad. So check that out. Ratethispodcast.com slash Sal.
And now we go to the running back position where finally Jonathan Taylor, the man that has been scoring touchdowns, if not one, but two or four or five every single week since uh, since like week two or three, he's not on the slate now, right? So we don't have him. McCaffrey is banged up. We don't get the Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison, whoever's going to play there because they're on Thursday Night Football. There's no Packers on Sunday Night Football, no David Montgomery, no Aaron Jones. So this is kind of hollowing out to an extent, still a lot of great running backs, but hollowing out the top, top end, right? The $9,000 plus players. Like Eckler at 8,300, Going to look good. We'll see what I get later in the week in GBPs. Continues to get 20-plus touches. Continues to, like, push towards or go over 100 total yards just through the air and on the ground. I mean, he doesn't have a massive just involvement on the ground, but nobody does in this in this offense. It's not like uh, the guy in Justin Jackson, who was the RB2 in this game, had any type of serious usage. So Eckler played 74% of the snaps last week. He ran 27 routes, which was third on the team. Uh, I think he's fine to get to. This is the guy that I want to play. And now we already have an expensive Josh Allen, and we can come down from that. I'm going to prioritize Alvin Kamara if he's in. Now, the nice thing that we have with Alvin Kamara is that Alvin Kamara actually started to practice last week before getting ruled out, so that's good. That's what we want to see. He got some limited participations in, and then they ended up saying, you know what, let's give it another week. Now that there's another week, now that they're pushing oh so hard for the playoffs here, let's see, let's see if they get him back, especially because they're really lacking talent right now. He is $7,900, and we might forget because we haven't seen him in a while, but Alvin Kamara, when he's been playing this year, is seeing five and a half targets per game, 24 opportunities per game. He is currently getting right now a 20% target share, which leads all of the running backs. We'll see what that changes with Taysom Hill, but if he's out, Trevor Simeon was definitely and is definitely going to check down to Kamara. So we like that, 79% of the opportunities. Kamara is the best running back play that I'm seeing up here. I mean, mix continues even in a bad game script they get down 24 nothing Mixon still sees 20 opportunities um in that game he finds the end zone I mean he was not great the Chargers committed more to the run game than they have all season long but you're still getting just so much opportunities a 79% opportunity share in that game so like the top end is going to be Kamara for me if Kamara is not there I probably lean to go to Mixon uh Nick Chubb seems to be the guy that you would play in a large field GPP not really the type of guy though that is going to stand out like there might be better leverage plays he's not going to have ownership because he's massively expensive he in in the first game back before the bye week when Kareem Hunt came back he only played 50% of the snaps only had eight carries for 16 yards saw four targets which was nice but that's not going to be consistent so Chubb is massively overpriced for a guy who's probably going to split the backfield with Kareem Hunt I mean Kareem Hunt had seven carries in that game Chubb had eight carries in that game right so the thing is though Chubb on 15 carries can pop off for a buck 50 right in a touchdown or two that's how good and explosive he is especially in between the tackles so that is somebody who's not going to be owned I expect him to start to come in as a leverage play potentially later in the week for Nets price point keeps rising as it should he played 87% of the snaps in that last game saw 21 opportunities another eight targets 81% of the opportunity share there that's in a really good matchup he's in GPP type builds obviously a great run back in your Buffalo stacks Zeke is, is still not looking like himself but he did get 64% of the snaps on Thursday night football the only thing is though he saw 16 opportunities to Tony Pollard's 10 and Pollard had the big touchdown, similar usage in the passing game. Uh, so Zeke will hold off on at this exact price point. Uh, Zeke, another name, though, that could potentially be with another week and really the mini buy since Thursday Night Football, potentially could get uh, that knee even more healthier with 10 days off now. That's something that can start to become appealing, although a tough matchup. Uh, Cordell Patterson, he's where he is at right now. He, he looked good yet again on somewhat limited usage, though, more limited than usual. And here's the big name, uh, $6,700 Elijah Mitchell. Let's put him in there right now. So Elijah Mitchell, the rookie who still does not have a photo in here, but Elijah Mitchell keeps getting all the usage. I mean, in this past weekend, you ended 
ended up seeing all the opportunities. I, I, you even had Jermichael Hasty return. He only saw two snaps. Jeff Wilson in this game only t- saw two snaps. Had one carry, but it got called back for penalty. So the end, the end result was you saw Elijah Mitchell in this game see 22 running back opportunities on the ground, three in the air, so 25 running back opportunities. If we're not going to count the fullback Kyle Juszczyk here, who saw three targets, if we're just going to count the halfbacks, right, the actual running backs, Elijah Mitchell saw all 25 all 25 of the San Francisco 49ers running back opportunities in this game. That is 100%. That now puts him at 80% of the opportunities on the season, which ranks top three in the NFL. Elijah Mitchell is just getting everything done right now. His price point does rise from six grand to 6700 After not the greatest of weeks, he found the end zone, which kind of somewhat saved his week last week. He left the game for a concussion, but came back in, and it seems to be all good there. So that's good to see. Uh, Tony Pollard is Pretty priced up at 6400 Josh Jacobs coming off a career high. Nine reception game with Kenyon Drake breaking his ankle. Uh, and no Jalen Richard, who's a pass-catching running back because of COVID. So uh, you've already seen Josh Jacobs' receptions trend upwards. But especially if there's no Richard again next week. Jacobs looks like a solid option as a runback in Kansas City games. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he looked okay. He, he dominated the backfield touches to an extent. 17 opportunities on Thursday Night Football. Here's another guy that's going to stand out. This is really interesting here. So you're going to have Antonio Gibson, who's averaging, I put a tweet up, 27 and a half opportunities per game since the bye week right there's no JD McKissick this past weekend uh Gibson now 13 touches in his last or 13 targets in his last two games had 29 opportunities in this game Gibson looks great so Gibson I'm going to put into this line so now we have a three running back lineup here we're building out it's an expensive one we only have 43 inch dollars per player hopefully we can find value obviously tight end and defense but Josh Allen Kamara Mitchell and Gibson we're trying to get as much opportunities as we can if Kamara plays I'm expecting against the Jets around 25 opportunities if Mitchell plays I mean you continuously get 20 to 25 opportunities and Gibson, like we just said, since the bye week in week nine, 27 and a half opportunities. Even if McKissick returns from his concussion, I'm not too concerned about his usage dropping a ton. But the interesting thing that you're going to see is Saquon Barkley, who has struggled. He gets a matchup against the Chargers, who looked better on the ground versus the Bengals. But when you're up 24 nothing, it's it's easier, right? Uh, there's not as much pressure to stop the run. But Saquon Barkley, the same price principle for my daily fantasy course that we have one down below. We rarely promote it, but it's down there. If you're interested, 10 hours of videos and uh, on how to become a better DFS player, how to start to profit, how to bankroll management, game theory think like an actual pro all that stuff Saquon Barkley is the exact same price as Antonio Gibson now in GPPs yes Antonio Gibson looks a lot better he has a better offensive line he's in a better game environment he's going to be in this specific game at home but I mean Saquon's coming off of a nine target game and if they have another backup in there he's probably going to see even more usage so there's a chance that at the same price you might see Gibson be 20% owned and Saquon be 8% owned and there is a much greater chance that Saquon based on those ownership percentages can outsource Gibson I mean if Saquon scores 22 and Gibson scores 16 you're in a really good position then. Hubbard is 5,900. He's played Atlanta once this season as a full-time back, but we saw Amir Abdullah before the bye week end up playing over 50% of the snaps and get the passing game usage over Hubbard. Hubbard, not the greatest in between the tackles, so we'll see what the ownership does there. Another guy, uh, this is a big play. So Javante Williams at 5,900 looked great on Sunday Night Football, had over 100 total yards, found the end zone in the air. Uh, He had 32 opportunities, nine targets in this game. Looked fantastic. Uh, You had a doubtful Melvin Gordon last week. If Melvin Gordon indeed misses this week, Javante Williams is probably the highest one play on the slate at home against Detroit. Fantastic matchup. All I would simply do is remove Elijah Mitchell from this lineup we're building and get the lovely discount of $800 by going down to Javante Williams. So just keep that in mind. If there's no Melvin Gordon, you put Javante Williams in over Elijah Mitchell. Robinson was on here, got benched, came back in later on, but he fumbled. He was dealing with injury as well, but mainly because of the fumble. Uh, Jamal Williams is on the road against Denver. Everybody loved him this week. We liked him on first look, but then once we got Sony Michelle to open up and Miles Sanders was healthy, those were the clear pivot options. We talked about them in content, the live streams on Sunday and 
that one dude in Final Thoughts a lot. But now Jamal Williams, people probably don't want to go back to him. His price point drops, even though in that game he saw a lot of usage on the ground. The big thing was he only ran nine routes, though. Uh, Godwin Awukabuka, I'm saying the last name wrong, but he was a safety in college. He actually ran more than double the routes of Jamal Williams, so limits the upside of Jamal Williams for sure. Likely still gets the red zone usage, though. Biggest news of the week is track Melvin Gordon, at least for this slate as of right now. It's the biggest news. You keep going down, you're going to get, like, the Seattle four-headed backfields. You're going to get, like, Tennessee's potential three-headed backfield with McNichols maybe back from a concussion. So I'm not really interested there. Houston, you're going to get their backfield that ended up seeing a lot of usage go towards, like, Jalen Samuels and Royce Freeman. Didn't even know they were on Houston until this week, and David Johnson might return. So gross backfields. Devonta Freeman seeing usage for Baltimore, but it's still a decent amount of usage going to Latavius Murray and obviously the Mars there. So not really that appealing to me. So I think that's where I'll go. I, I really hope that we get no Melvin Gordon because yeah, then we're going to go Mitchell, Javante Williams, and Antonio Gibson seems like a really strong three wider or three running back build. Um, and we like that a lot. If we can exchange Mitchell for Javante Williams, that'd be great. So now let's go to the wide receiver position. As we transition to the wide receiver position, just a word from the presenting sponsor of the show, and that's going to be Mint Mobile. We've been partnering with them for the last couple of months. Mint Mobile has been able to do something and provide a service that makes a lot of sense, and I'm surprised has not been done yet. But basically, they said, let's get rid of all the retail stores. It's a it's a phone network, right, for your cell phone, a service. And they said, let's get all rid of all these retail stores. We'll just have people send in a SIM card, send it in if they're interested, and then we'll charge them that way. So we have customer service over the phone. It's great. And you don't have to go in in person to just pick up your phone. They send you everything. They send you the SIM card. So you have the service and then it allows them to extremely reduce prices to the point where instead of paying 80 to 100 dollars a month for unlimited service and uh, hotspots and all that through a Verizon or a competitor in T-Mobile, you will get a T-Mobile no, service tower through Mint Mobile. So good service. And you can do it for 15 bucks a month for very, very similar usage. It's pretty crazy. seems like almost too good to be true to cut your phone bill from like 60 to 100 dollars, depending on your service to 15 dollars per month and get 10 gigabytes of data and all that type of stuff, hotspot and all that. So check it out if you're interested down below. Their call to action is to get your new wireless plan just for 15 bucks a month like we mentioned and get it shipped to your door for free shipping to your door for free mintmobile.com slash sal it's mintmobile.com slash sal to cut your bill to 15 dollars a month one more time mintmobile.com slash sal so that's a presenting sponsor appreciate them it actually is a pretty cool gig now let's transition to the wide receiver position so we're gonna have to make up some money and actually instead before we move to the wide receiver position let's go to the defense and just plug in a cheap one to see what we're working with and then plug in a cheap tight end so cheap defenses the lines versus uh, the chargers not great jacksonville versus tennessee i mean that's easy uh, they're going to be going up against backup running backs, third string, fourth string wide receivers. Uh, yeah, so we'll go Jacksonville for really cheap. That looked like an easy one. Probably be a highly owned one this week. So we get $4,800. Now let's go to tight end before we go to uh, wide receivers to close this out because I want to see how much exactly we have left. So after last week, George Kittle being literally, we put it on Twitter, the number one value or leverage play on the entire slate, meaning that he is low owned and he has a great projection and great ceiling and he's going to make you win tournaments, him alone, if he indeed hits. And he hit in a major way, 42 fantasy points at like in a lot of, in a lot of contests like three to five percent on because everybody wanted the cheap punt tight ends which spoiler alert did nothing for you so hopefully you're paying attention to the content i mean that reason alone is why basically myself and everybody on patreon ended up smashing but now all the top tight ends are back on the slate literally like the four best and really if you keep scrolling like the five six best tight ends on the season are on the slate this week so we get all the top tight ends kelsey's expensive kittle's now priced up a thousand dollars more he's expensive waller's a fair price point as a run back in kansas city games if he indeed plays we'll have to see though he's considered day-to-day slash week to week gronk is now priced up the zone beater and rob gronkowski uh, mark andrews it's tough to want to go there when gronk's a similar price cal pitts now four or five straight weeks he has been failing he has not been going over 65 yards barely even getting to 30 or 40 yards these days with cornerbacks on him now another tough matchup as carolina has some solid cornerbacks out there right i mean that's kind of what started stefan gilmore saying hey i want to i want to guard that guy kyle pitts 
And since then, it's been down uh, a downturn for Kyle Pitts. But these price points on these dudes, um, I mean, some of them are fair. Like Dal Dalton Schultz is fair, but a lot of them are expensive. Like if you're talking about $5,000 plus tight ends, you need to start having, you know, your, your five, six catch games or a touchdown. So a lot of these dudes are expensive. Let's see if we can find a cheap one. Foster Murray was on here, just not having too much interest. Logan Thomas. So the injuries, by the way, the injuries for tight ends, Logan Thomas ended up likely tearing his ACL and MCL waiting to be confirmed. So he's likely done for the year. Ryan Griffin of the Jets hurt his ankle. And to talk about running back injuries, uh, Miles Sanders had the same ankle tweak. Didn't seem to be serious, but he's on bye week. We said that Ken uh, Kenyon Drake broke his ankle. Elijah Mitchell ended up having that head injury. Ronald Jones left with a stomach bug, so it shouldn't be serious. And, and Patrick Laird, not really a massive news here, but he ended up hurting his knee uh, just to kind of get those out of the way and clear it up. But for tight end, Logan Thomas, yeah, missing time is going to be massive because if $3,600 Ricky Seals-Jones can open up, that would be fantastic for us because there was a stretch when Ricky Seals-Jones was producing so well. He was leading the league week in and week out in routes run at the tight end position. That's how often that they use the tight end position, right? You had these stretches where he was going for nine, six, and seven targets in games. In those games, he's producing nine, 16, 11 fantasy points at price tags that are in the $3,000 range. And oh yeah, he's back to the $3,000 range. He's been dealing though with this hip injury. This hip injury has been a concern for him. So we're going to have to track Ricky Seals Jones status. I'm going to put him in the lineup right now at $3,600. And the thing that's going to happen here is if Ricky Seals Jones misses, people are definitely going to go right back to John Bates. And this is going to be a similar play as last week, a cheap tight end. I mean, he's not even that cheap, $3,000, but he saw a couple targets last week. He's had some good games out there. Um, so he'll be interesting. I'd rather go right back to James O'Shaughnessy, who saw six targets. Neither of them are that exciting to me, but uh, you're just hoping for like a four or five catch day out of these cheap tight ends. Juwan Johnson, I'm not interested in because little Jordan Humphrey, very quietly, a wide receiver has been playing tight end for New Orleans, believe it or not. Jeffrey Swaim is back on the slate, no longer the flat minimum, but he's at least 2,800. Problem is he didn't see much usage against New England, uh, but now he gets a matchup against Jacksonville where he's actually had some success in the past. I mean, you can get the revenge narrative in there as well. But other than that, if we're looking for punts down here, I mean, like Anthony Fersker, Tommy Tremble, uh, the other guy that's actually maybe worth mentioning, he didn't lead the team. Brevin Jordan didn't lead the team in routes run the rookie this week, uh, but he did two weeks ago. And this past week, he ran like 15 routes. He's seeing some usage out there, but the, the, the quarterback position is kind of up in flux. But for a flat minimum tight end, he's going to basically get you three targets. Uh, it's touchdown or bust like you saw a couple weeks back when he scored a touchdown. But let's put rookie Seals Jones in there. If not, other cheap tight ends options, uh, James O'Shaughnessy and John Bates would then be the starting tight end. Uh, he had some decent usage in the preseason, the rookie for the Washington football team. So now that we were able to find the dirt cheap defense, a relatively cheap tight end, we now have a little bit over $5,000 to play with at the wide receiver position, which is not going to get us any studs, but it can get us maybe some decent options. So up top, you get Tyree coming off of one of his worst games ever. And just in general, that offense continues to struggle, but now a much better matchup for him. But he's really expensive. I mean, Stefan Diggs, really expensive, although a solid play, right? You want to be getting him with Josh Allen. Him and Josh Allen are just so damn consistent. They play tonight. We'll see how that goes. Debo expected to miss. Keenan Allen continues to just get there. He went from two to four touchdowns, two touchdowns to four touchdowns, doubled it from one game, his season totals. So all these expensive wide receivers, what kind of has through them throughout the week? Uh, ownership will indicate some things and really where you go with your quarterback stack. Josh Allen, you're going to go to Diggs. Mahomes, you're going to go to Tyreek. Single stack, those guys seems like a good idea, right? Herbert with Keenan Allen. But if you keep going down, you get some other solid options. I mean, you get the Dallas wide receivers and you get CeeDee Lamb, who was by far 11 targets in Thursday Night Football with a banged up and limited Amari, but continues to be by far the number one option and number one wide receiver in Dallas this year on 40 routes. Godwin at 7,100, I'm putting him in the lineup. I don't even know how we're going to afford him. We have $4,300 left to spend. Hopefully we can find one value maybe in the 3K range, although last week that was pretty bare at the wide receiver position. But Godwin had 15 
receptions on 17 targets and I'm not just playing him because oh you're chasing the targets no but I'm, I'm chasing what happened in that game he had double the amount of uh, zone targets than anybody else and this is what happened that was a major thing I put a tweet out about this you saw Brashad Perriman run on the outside last game 46 routes he became the number three receiver hopefully that stays so with him on the outside adding speed to the outside it took Chris Godwin from working on the outside to the slot where Tyler Johnson was and Godwin played 86% of the time out of the slot seeing 10 targets against the zone 17 overall and he had a massive day, a career-high game with 15 targets. Tweaked his ankle a little bit, so we'll track that to see if it's an issue. But that's a massive game for Godwin, and it happened because of an actual shift. We're not just saying that it was a random game. No, he got put into the slot, and he got those zone-beater targets, and now gets Buffalo, one of the zone-heaviest teams, a top-three zone-heavy team in the NFL. So I don't know how we're going to afford this with only $4,300 left per position. We definitely can't be operating in this upper 7K range. Jamar Chase drops a 90-yard touchdown. I had him on so many props. He missed those by like five yards. Had him in my single-entry lineup. He only got 10.2 points, one of my worst performances in that lineup I think he was my lowest performer in that lineup at 10.2 points would have been easily close to 30 if he catches the 90 yard touchdown what are you gonna do uh Tyler Lockett and Metcalf I mean look eight targets again back-to-back -back weeks good match versus Houston secondary the problem is their price points just aren't coming down like they're staying the same even though the usage I mean usage is similar but the efficiency is not as much there for Seattle's offense um, Mike Evans is here he's sandwiched in between those guys like just keep in mind Lockett and Metcalf yet again will be like six percent owned and I'll have interest yet again in these dudes Metcalf was tackled at the two one and a half yard line just misses a touchdown Metcalf was basically pass interfered with in the red zone almost had another touchdown so he's right there T Higgins has been erupting as of late he is still cheaper only $500 cheaper now by the way not 1200 like last week or 2000 like the week before then his teammate uh, in Jamar Chase Higgins is likely to be higher owned just like he was last week Hollywood Brown like these these names aren't going to look appealing on first look um Hollywood Brown and DJ Moore but DJ Moore coming off of a 10 target game before the bye week Hollywood and, and that was in a game that was as bad as possible for Cam right Hollywood Brown is coming off of yet again another nice target week Rashad Bateman being used less and he has the downfield upside so these are potential leverage plays Renfro a wide receiver one that's not going to get the credit back-to-back 100 -back yard games for him 10 more targets this past week that's appealing Mike Williams had 92 yards in the first half a couple of nice jump balls and then barely got to the 100 yard bonus with a late fourth quarter catch I mean I was sweating that he was in my single entry lineup as well Amari should be fully I mean Amari at 5900 is great I mean same price principle as Elijah Moore who's coming off of a career high 12 target game led the Jets in routes we'll see if Keelan Cole comes back if that changes anything but probably just affects Denzel Mims um, but yeah I mean Amari Cooper same price principle with Elijah Moore I'll be interested in who picks up more ownership if it's Amari with like 10% and Elijah Moore with like five whichever one gets less ownership I'll like there Brandon Ayuk saw the routes Brandon Cooks the only wide receiver to catch a pass pretty terrible I put a tweet out the only wide receiver to catch a pass even then just three catches for barely any yards it's gross out there Russell Gage was more so a product of the game environment, Tampa Bay getting up, really not getting up ever in a massive way, but never really losing control of that game. 13 targets, 11 catches. He's up and down, Russell Gage. At this price point, I'm really not interested, especially they shouldn't be pressed to throw the ball as much. Judy continues to see good yardage. Nice matchup. Gallup to wide receiver three now. I mean, Landry's here at 5,400. That's a solid play. I, don't, I just don't think we can afford it. Uh, we'll, we'll have like $2,000 left, which then we definitely can't. Uh, but he's been playing well. He just had a nice game over 100 yards for the first time uh, before the bye against his Baltimore team. Sutton will definitely be a large field gpp play maybe a, a single entry he's still seeing some targets he gets a matchup against detroit which is great the problem is his price point of 5300 for the recent production is is just not there i mean you're lucky to get Sutton to have like five points for you these days but as the week goes on maybe that can be a really nice flyer if he becomes like a one or two percent on play st brown of the game winning catch a lot of underneath stuff for amon ross st brown but hey the rookie led the team in overall targets and routes run he looked good out there which you're getting is check downs in this offense in general so it could be sustained right 12 targets 10 catches 86 yards 8.6 yards per reception there's 
not much upside on that unless you're scoring touchdowns or picking up 10 catch games. And I'm sorry, as a rookie attached to Jared Goff, I just don't think he's going to have a lot of 10 catch games. So with the price point now at 5K, I'd rather go to the guy at the exact same price, both these guys, either Tyler Boyd or more so, more so Cole Beasley. If we put Cole Beasley in here, can we afford it? We have $3,600 left if we put Cole Beasley in here. So potentially we can afford a Beasley place tonight. So we'll see what happens there. If he's hurt, obviously don't play Cole Beasley. Um, but we'll see what happens there. He, he finally got in, in the Thanksgiving game 70% of the snaps. It was like the first time in a month that he was over this rib injury and looked healthy. Now he's coming off of a bye and we'll see what he does on Monday Night Football. Sanders will see what he does on Monday Night Football. If he doesn't do anything, I'll like him even more because he'll be like 1% owned against Tampa Bay. Um, Crowder had six targets. He looked decent. Rashad Bateman is clearly the wide receiver four. He's been passed up by Sammy Watkins and Devin Duvernay out there. Corey Davis retweaked his groin injury. Sterling Shepard becomes every single week. It's like if this guy plays, he's the play, right? And now he'll have a matchup in the slot against Chris Harris, which is the best cornerback for the Chargers. But at 4,600, if Daniel Jones, well, actually Daniel Jones is doubtful. Mike Glenn is in the concussion protocol. Either way, Sterling Shepard might not be a play this week, which is a shame if he finally comes back and doesn't have a quarterback to throw him the ball. Nick Westbrook going to be the wide receiver one for, uh, for, for the Titans, they'll run like 25 routes against Jacksonville. I mean, that's worth something. I mean, that's actually worth something at, at $4,500 in this matchup. That, that could definitely be worth something here as Jacksonville's like traded away their entire secondary. So, yeah, I do I actually do like Nick Westbrook early on um, as an interesting play. I mean, we, we saw Des Fitzpatrick, the rookie, only run five routes before the bye week. Westbrook operated as the clear wide receiver one out there on the outside with Cody Hollister on the opposite outside. Deontay Harris saved his day with a long touchdown, but he did have eight targets, but that's a quarterback situation in flux. Callaway is just kind of gross. Robbie Anderson kind of gross. Just a lot of gross plays on here. Josh Reynolds is still seeing routes run. Decent usage, but nothing insane. So we need to find, what is it, a 30? We need to find a $3,600 play to make this work. And I, I, I'm sorry, it's just probably not going to happen. I mean, Curtis Samuel is nice, but he only ran nine routes last week. Um, Tajay Sharp ran 41 routes last week, but he got like three targets. Uh, so that wasn't too awesome or four targets. Adam Humphreys, no upside. Cedric Wilson, wide receiver four, if he even plays. Gabe Davis, wide receiver four. Devin Duvernay is operating as a wide receiver two, but in the Baltimore offense, behind the running games, behind Lamar Jackson running, um, behind Mark Andrews. So it's not the greatest. And it's not like he's by far and away the wide receiver two. He's just running a couple more routes than Watkins and Bateman. Laquan Treadwell at 3,400. Do we dare put Laquan Treadwell in the lineup who leads this team the last two weeks in targets with 13? He had a career high two weeks ago. Uh, not this week, the week before, eight targets. Zay Jones is also running a lot of routes. He's definitely in playing GPPs. Guyton finally had a decent game. Uh, you know who I'm interested in? Brian Edwards is still running some routes, right? Uh, D. Eskridge operated as wide receiver for the rookie, found the end zone, finally was healthy and did something. Why don't we do this? Look at this. So Byron Pringle's here at $3,200. What if we put Byron Pringle in the lineup? And the reason I put, we get $400 left over. Um, there's definitely different ways that this can work, and we'll show you a different way. But Byron Pringle, the reason I put him in here is he's the wide receiver too. I mean, obviously he's behind Kelsey, so the wide receiver three in the best game environment or the second best of the entire week behind Tampa Bay and, and or and Tampa Bay and Buffalo. But Pringle ran. He's ran basically like the second most routes on this team. McCole Hartman only ran seven routes. Josh Gordon, eight routes. Demarcus Robinson, 20 is the wide receiver three. Pringle is the wide receiver two on this team. So in a, in a nice matchup at 3,200, how much does he have to do? You're attached to Patrick Mahomes as the wide receiver two and you're $3,200. How much do you have to do to pay it off? Probably not much. So that's one way to build out a lineup here. Uh, the other way to build out a lineup is if we get Javante Williams, we're going to get a couple of dollar rooskies left over, right? So if you get Javante Williams over Elijah Mitchell, and, and I get it, put whoever in your flex plays at four o'clock, put them there. I'm not doing that properly right now, but you get $1,200 left over and you can come up from Pringle to a $4,400 player, which I don't even know if that helps us all that much. Like the, the 4,000 range, I, I remember was pretty terrible. Um, yeah, Deontay Harris, Slayton had like a seven targets, but who knows who his quarterback's going to be. We just missed out on Nick Westbrook, which like would actually be maybe a play. Like if we put Westbrook in here, uh, can we just go down? Is there any cheaper defense?
defenses. Uh, no cheaper defenses. So we just miss out $100. So that's something you have to play around with because I do want to keep Godwin. I do want to keep Kamara. I guess you can go off of like Josh Allen to make this work. Like if you go off of Josh Allen and you still want to get like an upside player into that type of a lineup, you can go to like Dak Prescott who has 300 yard upside. Dak Prescott then leaves you $1,000 left over so you don't even have to play Nick Westbrook Akeen, which would probably be a good idea for you. And that leaves you like 5,500 bucks left over as to which you can get Jarvis Landry, something like that, right? So that's another style of a build if you wanted to go that route. If you do leave though, if you do leave Josh Allen in there, you have kind of a GPP lineup, a stack with Cole Beasley, run back with Chris Godwin if you did that, right? So that's appealing. So these are a couple of types of ways to build it out. But those are guys who stand out. Kamara, uh, Javante Williams look like solid options. I think Antonio Gibson will be insanely owned, like 20% on last week, expected again, as the price point didn't come up much. So maybe a pivot option to Saquon. Sounds crazy right now, but that's the leverage that you need, right? Le leveraging last week from Jamal Williams to a talented Miles Sanders, leveraging off of Antonio Gibson to a talented Saquon in a bad situation. Maybe he can get you there. But that is our first look lineup for the week 14 slate i appreciate you tuning in and one more time i'll let you know of rate this podcast.com slash sal really appreciate it get you into a chance you the beautiful person to win a hundred dollars and a chance for the podcast to break into the top 20 for fantasy podcasts against the cbs's the espn's all those big heavy hitters will come in if you're interested in joining the tools site all the tools that we have for you the optimizer discord of a thousand plus members projections rankings ownership game by game notes breakdowns for not just nfl but other sports as well nba pga mma Check it out down below on Patreon. Come join the community. What are you waiting for? It's December. It's the beginning of the month. No better time than right now to improve your game this final month of the NFL season. I'll see you when I see you, gang. I appreciate you tuning in. We'll have more content throughout the week every single day on this channel. I'll see you in the next one.